Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Tonight, we talk about some frog-like goblins in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. And then we head on up to Loveland, Ohio to talk about some goblin-like frogmen. All that and more on Small Town Secrets. Welcome once again to the show. We are on episode six of season one, and I have to say this is a crackerjack episode. This is probably the most exciting and fun one I think I want. I've done to date. First off, we have two really fun, interesting stories that I've wanted to talk about for a long time. One of the towns is kind of near and dear to me. It was the first town where I really was like, oh, there's a cryptid and it's in Ohio, you know? And now I have a whole map of weird, funky stuff in Ohio. But back in the day, the story of the Loveland Frog really uh, got me going. So tonight we're going to talk about the Loveland Frog and the Hopkinsville Goblins. Then after that, we're going to have the local headlines like we always do. And one listener story, but it's going to be a big one. We'll get to that, I think, more when we get there. 
So strap in, folks, for a very fun episode. Before we get started, I want once again to thank everybody. The last couple of episodes, the growth of the show has been just outrageous, more than I really ever thought would happen this early on into the show, both in listenership, both in, you know, uh, social media engagement. And I just, I can't thank everyone enough for listening and supporting the show. But yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to draw it out with a long intro today, but we're just going to get into it. First off, however, we have a podcast to let you know about. It's a great little show called Haunted Happenstance. It is a serialized audio drama about strange and ghostly happenings in a Boston apartment complex. So take a listen and check it out. Hey there, I'm Jennifer, and I host Haunted Happenstance, a creepy and quirky little audio drama set in a historic residence in Boston, Massachusetts. You see, I've always loved a good ghost story, and as it turns out, ghosts have always loved me too. Convenient? Maybe. Coincidence? Perhaps. But I think it's a bit more than that. Let's see if you agree. So sit back and get ready to join me and my neighbors for some truly spooky tales that can only be explained as haunted happenstance. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your podcasts. It's a pretty good show. I've actually subscribed to it and have been uh, binge listening through it for the last couple of days. But on to our first segment, which is going to be the Hopkinsville Goblins of, well, Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Uh, If you're wondering what the theme for this episode is, it's kind of, well, it's not kind of, it is uh, the prevailing theory that I kind of believe about this area and about these goblin creatures and these frogmen from Loveland and some of the surrounding areas being uh, one in the same, I am of the mind that the Hopkinsville goblins and the Loveland frogmen and the strange creatures that have been seen in the Ohio River and the Tommyknockers, the goblins, the things in Kentucky that run around the caves or might be aliens, all these stories that you hear, that they're all the same cryptid they're all the same creature um we'll get into that more as we go into these because there is some really great i don't want to say evidence but i guess evidence of these things being the same same type of creature just the way they look and the area and just everything is very similar but let's start with the famous hopkinsville kentucky case The Hopkinsville Goblin Encounter, the Kelly Hopkinsville Encounter, or the Kelly Greenman case. Whatever name you give it, they all refer to the same thing. The night when a family was terrorized by small humanoid beings with green skin, large yellow eyes, and gigantic ears. On the evening of August 21st, 1955, a handful of people were staying on a farmhouse in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. They were Glennie Lankford and her children, Lonnie, Charlton, and Mary, Glennie's two sons from a previous marriage, Elmer and John Sutton, Elmer and John's wives, Vera and Elaine, or maybe Elaine, I'm going to say Elaine, though, 
Elaine's brother, O.P. Barker, and that's O and P, not like O.P. It's two letters, not like O.P. in the name. As well as Billy Ray Taylor and his wife, June. Many of the witnesses that were at the farmhouse would burst into Hopkinsville's police station later that night to report their strange incident. They claimed that a UFO landed near the farmhouse and what may have been a dozen or more little green men and if you're wondering, yes, this uh, this case is credited for the creation of the term Little Green Men. This is where it came from and kind of stuck for a little while. But the Little Green Men swarmed and surrounded the house. These creatures were short and monkey-like. They had large yellow eyes and huge cat-shaped ears. They also had webbed hands. So webbed hands, I'm going to assume webbed feet, you know like a frogman. Evansville press artist Larry Hill composed a sketch that would later appear in the paper alongside the reports of the sightings. And if you head over to stscast.com and click episodes and check out the show notes, I have a picture of that police sketch as well as another sketch that I always thought was the police sketch. If you're familiar with the case, you've probably seen the latter one. It shows a profile of the creatures and then a, a full-on like a frontal view of the creatures with some notations on the side that's not the police sketch apparently the police sketch is very different i found it it's on there both of them both both interesting sketches to take a look at elmer john and billy ray taylor claim they shot at the creatures with pistols and shotguns the men were trying to keep the things at bay as they were trying to enter the house the little men would repeatedly peer into the windows of the home and scurry across the roof, scaring everyone inside. Eventually, the men were able to fight off the goblins, gather everyone up, and leave the property. After they left the farmhouse, they headed straight for the police station. The police would later do an investigation, but found no real evidence of the creatures or their craft. They did find evidence of shots being fired from inside the home. One of the officers did state that there were meteor showers that night. No one else had reported a UFO. The story would attract a lot of media attention. After the story ended up in the papers, similar sightings would be reported throughout Kentucky and up into Southern Ohio. So much attention that others came out to tell similar experiences. Some boys in Evansville claimed to have seen 10 similar creatures on an athletic field of Lincoln High School. The teens threw rocks at the things until they fled into the forest. And uh, here's an interesting side note. If you listen to the last episode, I did a story about, it was in local headlines, it was about um, there had been like a murder every 13 days in Evansville, Indiana for the last two months or whatever it was. And I'm pretty sure that's the same Evansville because I looked up Lincoln High School and saw that Lincoln, there was a Lincoln Highsville, High School, Highsville in Evansville, Indiana. So I think it's the same place. It's just kind of funny how they popped up in both episodes and they're completely unrelated things. Uh, but yeah, there's other accounts. While swimming in the Ohio River, Darwin Johnson was attacked by a creature resembling the creature from the Black Lagoon. Reports of goblins, tommyknockers, and frogmen would continue in Kentucky and Southern Ohio and Indiana to this day. Of course, there are many explanations given by believers and skeptics alike, which include an elaborate hoax or perhaps just drunkenness that got out of hand, which may be the case. 
I mean, I guess you could get drunk and start shooting inside the house, but I don't know. Would you get so drunk that you would hallucinate uh, tiny goblin people? Or maybe that's the story you made up to not let people know that you just got drunk and shot up the house. The witnesses could have seen an eagle or a great horned owl. That combined with meteors at night may have accounted for what they saw. Or perhaps it was aliens from a landed UFO, which is what they claimed. If so, why did they attack the house? Were they trying to get help from the family, but were not able to communicate? I mean, think about it. Let's say the the UFO, the craft that these guys are in, these creatures, is, is malfunctions. Maybe it didn't land. Maybe it crash landed. Maybe it, you know, for some reason they needed help. And maybe there was this weird language barrier, obviously, and they couldn't communicate. And of course, the family's freaking out and hijinks ensue, right? Could it be, though, that they were not aliens at all, but some sort of cryptid creatures that dwell in the massive Mammoth Cave system? Mammoth Cave is the largest series of caves in the entire world, currently sitting at 450 miles of explored caves. So let that sink in for a little bit. Mammoth Cave, the Mammoth Cave system, just isn't the large, it's the largest cave system in the world, not the country, not the state of Kentucky, but in the world, and it's pretty much underneath Kentucky. And not all of it's been explored, so it could it could creep its way up into southern Ohio or southern Indiana. We don't know yet. But the kind of the idea behind this is that, like I was saying at the beginning of the show, is that these uh, cryptid creatures, these goblins, these Tommyknockers, are all over the place down there. Because you get claims, like the ones I mentioned earlier, about the Ohio River and the Evansville sightings all were around the same time but you know you get reports of goblins and weird goblin like creatures and frogmen in Kentucky all the time um, if anyone has watched the amazing Hellier documentary and if you haven't you should and if you haven't and you want to and you don't know where to find it you can just find on YouTube Hellier H-E-L-L-I-E-R but I'll link to it in the show notes so you can go check it out. It's five parts. It's really well shot. It's really well done. Everything about it is amazing. But what they kind of posit is this theory that these things maybe may not be aliens per se, or maybe they were aliens that got stuck here and now they live in these caves. Or maybe they're just cryptids that, you know, they call these caves home. Because they, they do, in the Hello documentary, they do touch on. Hopkinsville a little bit and they find a very interesting connection between the two but I'll save that for uh, when you guys go and view the documentary if you haven't seen it you gotta watch it it's 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 really gonna be it's gonna be required watching I think for this type of stuff on out that's what the Hopkinsville encounter really was it's it I think it was the catalyst I think it really started off a lot of these stories a lot of these sightings of you know goblins attacking people peeking into your windows or aliens back in 1955 yeah they are going to say it was aliens because everything was aliens in 1955 that was the hot stuff and uh you know it's it's a, a I don't want to say groundbreaking but it is a case that really got the ball rolling and is still remembered to this day but I think that you know, when people start talking about frogmen, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, it really is, I think they're the same things. They've got webbed feet, 
if you look at drawings of these things, if you think about what they look like, they're very similar. Very similar indeed. But let's move on a little further north to Loveland, Ohio. In the same year as the Hopkinsville incident, some 300 miles northeast in Loveland, Ohio, other strange creatures would be seen. This would be the first sighting of the Loveland Frogmen. There would be more, and people still see the Frogmen to this day. A traveling salesman would be the first to spot the frogs. The anonymous salesman was traveling down a road that ran along the Little Miami River in Loveland at 3.30 in the morning. He witnessed three strange creatures about a meter or so tall, hunched over with leathery skin and frog-like heads. He pulled to the side of the road and watched the three creatures for about three minutes. As the salesman was about to drive away, he noticed one of the creatures raise what he described as a wand above its head. After seeing this, the man promptly fleed the scene. It would be some years before the frogmen would be seen again, but they would be seen again. A police officer, who chose to remain anonymous, was driving up Riverside Road Drive around 1 a.m. on March 2, 1972. The officer was driving slowly due to ice on the roads when he noticed something alongside the road. At first he thought it was a dog. As he approached it, the thing sprang up and darted out in front of his car. The cop slammed on his brakes and saw a large frog creature prone in the road. It stood up, locked eyes with the officer, before bolting over a guardrail and down into the Ohio River. The officer reported the sighting saying he saw a creature four to five foot tall and about 75 pounds. It resembled a frog or a lizard. Another officer investigated the scene said he found no evidence of the creature, but did find what appeared to be claw marks or scratches on the guardrail. And I'm really disappointed that, I mean, I guess it was an investigation or maybe you just drove out there, but you don't have pictures of these claw marks and these scratches on the guardrail. Seems like a missed opportunity to me. Uh, a few weeks later, another police officer by the name of Mark Matthews would have a very similar sighting. He came along what he first thought was an injured animal on the side of the road. Officer Matthew approached the animal so he could clear it off the icy road. It was no dead or wounded animal, however. It was a frogman. The thing left at him in a crouched position. Matthews drew his service pistol and shot at the thing. His description of the creature would match the other officer's description almost to a T, except Mark said the thing had a tail. Years later, Mark Matthews retracted the story somewhat. He would later claim that it was no large bipedal frog creature, but just a large lizard that he assumed had escaped from a home. Mark also went on to say he reported the incident as being a frogman to help back up his fellow officer's earlier report. He thought if he could lend some credibility to the other officer's account, it would help the officer out because he was being met with a lot of skepticism and being made fun of about his account. That would be all until Pokemon Go came out. And I almost want to do an episode on just all of the strange stuff that people have discovered while playing Pokemon Go. I might do that. Yeah, we'll think about that. In August of 2016, Sam Jacobs and his girlfriend were playing the game around Cincinnati. 
when they spotted a large frog creature with glowing eyes coming out of the water. This sighting is unique, not only because it's modern, but also because it has evidence. The couple took a video and a photo of the creature. The video is dark and shows nothing but the glowing eyes. The photo is more revealing since it used the flash. In the pic, you can not only see the eyes, but the thing's upper torso coming out of the water. And I will, of course, link to this picture in the show notes, and I will also link to a YouTube to the YouTube video of the video that they took. And the video is not really good. Really, it is just black, and you see two pinpoints of light, the eyes, and they kind of bounce up and for, bounce up and down and move around a little bit. You don't see anything. The picture is way better because. I mean, you can, there's detail there. You can see the water, you can see the eyes, you can see the upper torso, you can see some arms. And it really, it looks authentic to me. It might be photoshopped, who knows, but you can tell, because it's, it's grainy, it's not like, it's okay, but it's not the best picture, which is what a camera phone's gonna look like when you take a picture in almost pitch blackness with a flash, especially if the, especially if the thing is out in the water, who knows how far it would be. But this sighting is written off by many as a hoax simply because it happened in Cincinnati. And I think that reasoning is pretty flimsy myself. If, if you look back at what, I, what, I, what we just talked about, most of the sightings of the Loveland Frog have not happened in Loveland, but slightly further south at the Ohio River. I mean, really, the only sighting, and I'm not even sure, I, one of these days I'm going to drive down to Loveland, um... I know it. I know it a little bit. I've been down there a lot. There's a great oddity shop down there I like to go to. I almost moved there once, but that fell through. That didn't happen. But I, I want to find this road that this anonymous salesman was on. I think that's the only one that's really in town, because Loveland's not like Loveland doesn't border the Ohio River. It's not super far away from it, but it's like I don't know. I have to get on there and look. But you probably got to drive maybe 10, 15 minutes to get to the Ohio River. Maybe more than that, maybe more like 20. So it's not close to the Ohio River. There's other towns there. So, But the other two, the, both of the officers' encounters both took place at the Ohio River. You know, and those, I mean, those two sightings are so similar. And I guess you could go either way on that. You could say that... Uh, Mark Matthews' sighting is so similar to the other officer sighting because he was trying to lend credibility. Maybe he wasn't the most imaginative person in the world, so he just copied the guy's encounter as close, you know, as close as he could. Said, "Hey, I saw the same thing," because he's got a thing where he thought it was a dog on the side of the road. The other guy thought it was a dog on the side of the road. It lunges at him from you know a crouched position for both officers. The only difference is Matthews shoots at the thing, and the other guy, I guess, doesn't. Doesn't really say what he did. He probably just drove away. But the Loveland Frog lives on to this day. And like I said, I think the Loveland Frog, I think the goblins are one and the same. Like, yeah, the Frogman looks like a Frogman, but I think so do the goblins if you kind of think about it. They have these big eyes, frog-like eyes. You know, they don't really have a nose in all the, the pictures I've seen, the descriptions of it, I don't really see a nose, maybe some nostril holes. And they have those, you know, big ears in the, in the dark, along with if these things had glowing eyes, like the Pokemon sighting, might be, you might not even notice the ear. 
I, now I'm going to speculate a little bit. Here's what I... Here's my working... It's not a theory. A theory is a worked out thing that you can prove. Here's my thoughts on what these things are. I think... I don't think they're aliens. They don't seem to have that intelligence to them. They don't, you know... I think that they are cryptids. I think they are these creatures that dwell in the Mammoth Cave system. The Mammoth Cave system probably goes on in more places than we know. Who knows how far it reaches? And these things are in it. And for some reason, every once in a while, they come out. Maybe back in the Hopkinsville case, the, the meteor shower scared them out of their cave and they got, you know... Discombobulated is a fun word. I don't know if it's the right word. They got confused and and that's why they ran up on the house. And I think the Loveland Frogmen are the same thing. They probably I think they're they're cave dwelling. You know, they might also be amphibious. You got salamanders. You have stuff like that that are amphibious that live in caves. It's not a far fetched idea at all. And that's what people are seeing. And those have always been two cases that I've, you know, I've always been on my radar. I've always wanted to do. Once again, this is another one of those. Yeah, you've heard about Hopkinsville. You've probably heard about Loveland. But it's just, I had to do this episode because they're, they're two stories that are close to my heart. And that about wraps it up for our two main segments. I'm going to take a little musical break. I'm actually going to play uh, the music I played on the first episode. Just because I'm running out of music, I have to make more. And I like it, so... Yeah, let's do that again. And we'll be back with some local headlines.
and we have returned with the local headlines. The first two are both from Coast to Coast, and I think they're both written by uh, Tim Banal. This is the first headline we have here, and it says, Tennessee man suspects that he has solved the Forest Finn treasure mystery. A Tennessee man believes that he has solved the mystery of the elusive Finn treasure and plans to journey out to the American Southwest soon to see if his suspicions are correct. According to an illuminating local media profile, Chris Dotson became interested in the story of the eccentric author Forrest Fenn and his alleged hidden cache of riches about five years ago. This past November, after suffering a heart attack and being stuck at home recovering, he decided to plunge headlong into the hunt and seriously pursue finding the treasure. While Dotson is undoubtedly one of the many individuals who think they are onto the right track when it comes to locating the riches, his willingness to go on record about the status of his hunt is commendable since many other treasure hunters keep their provincial cards close to their vest. To that end, he is understandably unwilling to share precisely where he thinks Finn hid the treasure, but did provide insight into the unique process which led him to believe that he has narrowed down the spot to within a quarter of a mile. Dotson explains that beyond merely scouring Finn's 2010 book, The Thrill of the Chase, which launched the treasure hunt with a series of clues, he has also devoted a significant amount of time to studying the author himself. I've listened to him, he noted. That's why I think I'm so close. By that, Dotson means that he has studied numerous interviews with Finn about the treasure and, in his mind, spotted possible clues surreptitiously revealed by the man behind the epic hunt. Dotson also says that he has kept track of the considerable community of treasure hunters searching for Finn's riches and made an effort to learn from their mistakes. Whether Dotson is correct in his assessment will soon be put to the test, as he plans to conduct an on-the-ground expedition in search of the treasure, sometime this summer. Remarkably, he had originally planned to go in April, and emailed Finn to warn him that he was close to finding the elusive prize. This resulted in a retrieving response from the author, who is not prone to answering messages from treasure hunters, telling Dotson to wait until summer. In turn, he interpreted this bit of advice to be an indication that the riches were likely only accessible in the warmer months when snow would not be a factor. Although he expressed confidence that his first attempt at finding the treasure will prove successful, Dotson says that he'll continue searching if it fails to yield any riches. And I hope he finds it, and I'll update anyone if I find out if he finds it, or doesn't find it. The next story is also, like I said, from Coast to Coast, also written by Tim Banal, and it is First UK Crop Circle 2019 Found. The 2019 crop circle season is officially underway in England as the first formation of the year has been found. The design was reportedly discovered in the town of Warminster on Wednesday. The appearance of the formation may have elicited sighs of relief from UK crop circle research community who have not had to wait this long for the season to begin since 2013, when it took until June for the first design to be discovered, suggesting that perhaps the crop circle makers are working off a bit of rust accumulated over the winter months. This first formation of the year is a fairly basic design. It consists of a circle surrounded by a thick ring and then a thinner ring which features a pair of larger spheres opposite of each other. Suggestions as to what the formation may be meant to convey include a rudimentary electrical generator or possibly some kind of celestial alignment. Per usual, fastidious crop circle investigators in England have already flocked to the site to document the formation by way of the two different drone videos as well as a close-up photographs from inside the design. 
What may be most noteworthy about this scene is that the crops appear to be fairly high, making the shape of the formation noticeably crisp, which somewhat makes up for its lackluster design. As to whom or what may have created this formation, it is a safe bet to say that the debate over the cause of crop circle phenomenon will undoubtedly continue into 2019, as skeptics contend that the formation came courtesy of human hands. However, based on his examination of drone videos, researcher Dr. Horace R. Drew argued that there is no indication at present at any heavy mechanical or other man-made action in its formation. One thing that seems certain is that we'll be seeing many more formations in the weeks and months to come, now that crop circle season has begun. And our last article is a good old UFO sighting. This is from ET Database. It is written by Scott Waring, and the headline reads, UFO film moments before cloaking over Air to Air Scotland, May 19th, 2019, UFO sighting news. Date of sighting, May 19th, 2019. Location of sighting, Airdrie, Scotland. This UFO seems to just disappear at .49 into the video. This should be impossible, yet there it is on video, and I see no flaws or indication of it being CGI. It looks 100% real. It's possible that this UFO is attempting to fly low over the houses in order to scan the residents to gain information on our way of life. One thing that blew my mind was when I heard the guy say, no, it just disappeared. I got shivers. I swear it sounded like Street Cap 1, who also is from Scotland, but was reported to have died last year. This is an awesome video posted by reliable UFO expert, The Hidden Underbelly 2.0 of YouTube. Eyewitnesses states the object was first spotted by four-year-old daughter of the family while having dinner with her family. As her father watched the object pass over their home, he realized that this was a UFO and began to video the cruising craft, and right, right before his very eyes, it disappeared. This is my opinion on the footage. And that I'm reading that. That's not my opinion on the footage. That's the author's opinion on the footage. I believe this object craft to be a classic flying saucer, and just before the craft vanished, we witnessed a bright light emitted from the center of the craft. I believe this to be the craft engaging its cloaking technology because the UFO didn't fly out of view, it simply vanished. And of course, I'll link to this in the show notes, but at the very bottom of the article, he has the YouTube video linked. I've watched it, and it's a pretty good video. It looks really authentic, like there's no noticeable CGI. If it is, it's, they did a pretty good job on it, but it's, it's one of, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not a bad video. I've seen worse, I've seen better, but take a look for yourself and see what you think. And that will do it for the local headlines for this episode. But we're not done yet. We have listener stories still to come. And we're here for the last segment of the show. Listener stories. This week we have a doozy. We're just doing one but it's a big one. I was contacted, uh, it's probably about a month ago, by a man named Trevor out in West Mifflin, uh, Pennsylvania. He sent me an email, and uh, I tried to reply to him, and it, the email wouldn't go through, and he said he had this really incredible uh, UFO abduction story, and I was like, oh, I gotta, find, I gotta get this guy, and he wanted to talk about it. So I 
I knew that he had uh, found out about the show from Facebook. I was running a thing on Facebook to try to gather up listener experiences. So I'm like, okay, he has to be on Facebook. His email's not going through. His email was his first name, last name, and where he was. So it was like, I'll just search for a Trevor, da-da-da, on Facebook. And I, f- f- and I found him. And it really wasn't that hard. He was actually the first one that popped up. It was like, oh, that guy's got the same name. He lives in the same town. What are the odds that it's someone else? So I messaged him on Facebook, and he was like, yep, that's me. And we got to talking, and he wanted to come on on Skype and be interviewed and tell his story. So that is what we did. And it is it is a harrowing story. It's an emotional story. It's an amazing story. And I just kind of let Trevor tell it. Uh, so that being said, like I said, I just let him go. I just let him tell his story. So these are his views on his account, what happened to him. This is his views on what he thinks these things are. These are his views on why he decided to come forward with his story after so many years. But I'm just going to... We didn't really have a great like intro to start out the thing. We just kind of started talking. So I'm going to just fade into the interview. It's pretty long. It's about 40 minutes long, but, but worth every minute, in my opinion. And I'll give you a little cue to know when it's almost over. Uh, when we start discussing or talking about... Uh, Leonard Nimoy and his Hobbit album. That's that's pretty close to the end of the interview. But here is my interview with Trevor about his abduction story. Oh, no problem. Um, from uh, well, I was from. I still live in the same community, but I live in another town of Duquesne. But I lived nearby in a community of West Mifflin. That's right. Right. And it was in of. Another community, it was like a mill community called Homeville. Now, Homeville is like a little separate community of West Mifflin. It's a borough community. It's living in Pennsylvania when you're a a commonwealth. Some towns that are not near the city runs a borough or a municipality. The town is very hardworking, uh, very prideful. So, you know, when people say I'm a liar, you know, we're like a fighting type of town. We take our shit to heart. Right. Um, And also being a former professional wrestler as well. I wasn't a professional wrestler then. I was about to train. So Mm. when I tell you this story, this is it's going to get insane and uh crazy all right and the whole story's insane uh what happened was is is me and my friend andrew which i hope one day we could also interview him his perspective because yeah, I, be, have, be yeah, I have yeah i have a better memory than him mm-hmm. um you know i have a mild form of uh asperger's no yeah i have asperger's which is like Usually Aspies remember everything. Yeah. So uh, this is something I've been able to, I was able to hold in for years until friends. I've started to reconnect, started blurting out memories out of alcoholism. You know, whenever you're drunk, people blurt out shit. Right, right. And then when they said certain memories, like my friend Colin 
who's a very good friend of mine, got drunk and told me Hoagie, which is his nickname, said Hoagie told me he saved you uh, from something. Uh, and then you saved him in the house, mm. which is going to be where we're going to get to the freaky part. But um, And I didn't know Hoagie told a lot of my friends. You know, I used to also, when I was a younger kid, I was a mall rat. You know, we would hang out at the malls. We wouldn't commit any crimes, but we would just hang out, play the arcades. And now, sadly, the the mall I used to hang out is dead. But, um, you know, it's a small, still small town, small city. Everybody knows everybody. But anyway, back to my story. What happened was this. This was before Facebook, before everything. This was 17 years ago. I get a call from Andrew saying, hey, bud, these two girls want to meet us with their father because we were gentlemen. We were really, we still are. I mean, we treat women with respect. You know, mm-hmm. they want to they wanna meet us at the Kennywood. You know, I live actually still right near Kennywood. And I have another story after my story. This is going to also, I got to tell you after this one story, but. So what's, that, like, what's yeah, Kennywood? Yeah, is it another town or is it like a... No, Kennywood's an amusement park. Which okay. Is right it's right okay. near West Mifflin. It's the amusement park where everybody goes. So we were like, yeah, sure. So we walked up. We met them on the 4th of July. And everything was good, you know? Like, we were like, yeah, you know? When we were with their dad, and their dad was a wrestling fan. So we were like, I was... I was more thrilled with the fact that I was with their dad because he was like a dad to me. And then plus I was with their daughter. I was on a date with their daughter. So it was like, so being the gentleman, like we are, we were like, well, you're with your dad. We're going to walk home because, you know, we live closer. You live in Whitaker. All right. That's nice. So we're walking now where Kennywood is. There's a shopping plaza. Okay, we were on top of the shopping plaza at Kennywood Shops. That's where we were where we watched the fireworks, and that's where we were when we walked home. It was about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock when they used to write the fireworks. And then we decided to go back to my house. So my house, my parents' house at the time, is very close, and my parents are still with me. If you ever come to my town, I can show you every location to the T. Okay. Now, we were walking, and everything was fine. So we went back to my parents' house, and we were like, well, let's watch a movie. Guess what fucking movie we watched? Signs. Uh, Okay, yeah, because it would have probably just came out, right? Yeah, it was 17 years ago. It was a year after. Okay, yeah. Yep. And I was like, yeah, man, I had it on VHS. Let's watch it. And... Lo and behold, that's a type of movie that makes you say, hey, 17 years old, let's go for a walk. Right, right. And, you know, West Mifflin is a community where everybody knows each other. And, you know, we have a very strict police force. So if they saw us walking, they would be like, you know, you're minding your own business. You're not doing anything, but just don't do anything stupid. Right. So it we watched the movie and we were like, hey, you know, let's let's go for a walk. 
yeah. And then <laughs> I can walk you home, you know, like, because he lives near my mom's house. He's like, yeah, that's a good idea because I'm training to be a pro wrestler. I'm 17. I get to get exercise. It gets me out of the house. Right. So we're doing laps. Now, where my parents' house is, is a Commonwealth Avenue. Now, where Commonwealth Avenue is, it's a flat street, but it's also kind of hilly in a way. It's a flat, hilly street that's a big, long street. I even still, my house alone, where I live at, where we're talking at, is in the next community of Duquesne, which is Commonwealth. It's the same damn street. Yeah. But anywho, below, my near my parents' house, near Kennywood, there's a little shopping district that used to be a Rite Aid. No, no, it's a, it used to be an Eckerd back in the day. And now it's a Rite Aid, and there's a PNC there. And it's always been a PNC bank. Mm-hmm. We're okay. walking. We were, doing, we were doing laps. Now, we were doing laps on the suspected street that I was almost abducted, and he was almost abducted. And we thought... We kept doing laps. We were going down Roberta, and then at the bottom of Roberta, you can either go on Constitution. No, 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 no. Yeah, you can either go on Constitution from Roberta, or you keep going on Roberta, so you get at the bottom of the of Roberta because Pen- Pittsburgh is nothing but hills, most of it. <laughs> even the even outskirts of Pittsburgh, it's all hills. I mean, it sucks. Right. Yeah, I've been, so, to, I've been to Pennsylvania. Yeah. So yep. we decided, hey, I'm thirsty. When you go at the bottom of that hill, you're going to turn right at this hill, and that's going to take you where the police station is, right back where I said the right, the Eckerd, where well, it's a right aid now is. Right. Gotcha. And the police station where I'm saying is isn't there anymore. It's closed down. They moved it uh, towards Lebanon Church Road. Uh, you know, due to uh, the building was so old, it was built in the 60s. But anywho, <laughs> we were doing laps and we kept doing laps. Now, the weirdest thing in the world, I had an old Nokia cricket phone. Now, if I remember clearly, it had to been midnight maybe one o'clock in the morning. I don't remember because if you recall, we both know that the movie signs is like an hour and a half long, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's, it's, it's short as hell. I mean, there's, there's just, but anyway, back to my story, we were walking. It's very quiet in my community. Very quiet. We were going down the hill, walking down the hill on Roberta. We heard whistling sounds. Like, girls were attracted to us. That was the first weird thing. Now, they were the whistles were coming all the way at the bottom of the hill, and we were at the top of the hill. Now, back then, even though I'm a big guy now, I could still get laid. But the fact of the point is, is 17 years old, we were like, yeah, flexing a little bit, like, yeah, walking down the hill. Yeah. But then the whistling stopped. Mm-hmm. All right, here's where shit gets fucking. Pardon my language. Am I allowed to swear or no? Yeah, you're fine. I'll just uh, check the. I'll just check the check the explicit box. We're all right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Here's where stuff gets really freaking out of control. 
we see something in the air when we start to walk down the hill in the beginning of Roberta. Now, Roberta is a street where there's a lot of homes. Now, it was going on either 12 or 1. I don't remember because it's been so long, but I'll remember everything else that I'm telling you now. After the whistling, we didn't pay it no mind. We were, like, we were just fluxing. But we saw something in the air. Now, what was in the air was flashing multiple colors. Okay. I thought it was an airplane because West Mifflin, sir, Mm-hmm. Uh, West Mifflin is near two airports, if you know that. Did, did you know that? I did not. So, yeah, you probably uh, see planes all the time. You, yeah, and, you know, and, you know what's a, and you know what's a plane and what's not a plane. You know, the president of the United States or any other politicians land in West Mifflin because of the, you know, it's convenient and private. And it's so right. close to the city. It's five minutes. It's ten minutes away from the city of Pittsburgh. Okay. It's a private airfield. And and then there's another airfield, which is also a nuclear base called Bettis Plant. Huh. Now, the Bettis Plant makes – it's a secret. Nobody knows. But anywho. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Look <laughs> up the Bettis Plant. But this connects to my story because after this incident, more shit happened to me. Um, I saw this thing in the air. It was flashing multiple colors and we were like, it's a plane. It has to be a plane. We were like, let's just keep walking. You know, now, once you go down Roberta, you're walking down a hill, halfway down a hill, there's a giant tree, you know, across from the street of constitution. I mean, it's a giant tree. It's, it looks like something from a whore, like the, the episode of The Simpsons, the tree horror of the tree house of horror. Yeah, horror. Yeah. And the weirdest thing was this object that we saw that was multiple colors in the air came closer and closer and closer, but the blinking stopped and it was an oval shaped object that was making trajectory moves, sir. Okay. So you actually saw like its shape. It's shaped. It Not was just the like, lights. You saw the physical. The lights. Right. I saw the shapes. It looked like the Kecksburg device. So like an acorn, you would yeah. say. Yeah, oval. Okay. Oval, cornish in a way. And it was cylinder, and it was silver. But I, but a light beamed down on me, sir. Mm. And the thing that scared me the most was my friend ran already up the hill because that you know where constitution meets roberta when you run up where roberta meets constitution it's still a little bit of a hill i'm standing where the constitution sign is where the fucking part of my language is too creepy <laughs> and this light's beaming down on me and i keep saying this is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen in my life mm, wow This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. And I've been through so much pain in my life, sir, being autistic, even with religion. But my friend, Andrew, he saw it and he was hitting me. But I looked at him. I was like, but Hoagie. And he kept punching me. 
and punching me. I was like, but, 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 but. And I looked up. And, uh, sir, it, I, I couldn't see what was in it, but it was light. I, I couldn't see what was in it, sir. I couldn't see. But it's, it scared me. Yeah. I'm six foot four, sir. Mm. I am six foot four. Then uh, I, I, I'm six foot four now, uh, but I had to be uh, six foot two. Uh, six foot two, 250 pounds. You know, he had to pull me down by my pants and started punching me. So you're saying that you were off the ground? Yeah, I was like, starting to levitate, sir. Wow. And he had and, pull, uh, did he? Hmm. uh, we ran. Now, this is where shit gets even worse. Now, I don't care anymore. And I don't care if I cry. Take your time. Take your time. All right. Oh, Jesus Christ. Whew, it's okay, Ron. Uh, what happened was, is back then, uh, back in 2002, sir, you were able to leave your houses unlocked, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, this is where the creepy shit gets even more creepier. Me and Hoagie ran. We ran to my front door while my parents were asleep. Oh, Jesus Christ, they were asleep. And uh, I unlocked the door and I grabbed my puppy, who was a, a pure dog, uh, pure dog, uh, uh, Springer Spaniel. And I locked my back door because after I locked the front door, something was trying to break into the front door. Now, my house is, my parents' house is a mansion. Me, when I grabbed my dog, it was like something was trying to break into my front door and back door and front door and back door. While my parents were asleep and they didn't hear it. There's nothing happened. I mean, me and Andrew were screaming. And I remember I told Andrew when I grabbed my dog, they Andrew's like, they can't hear us. I'm like, oh my God. Okay, I was like, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go upstairs with my puppy. And he said, what? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I've been through 17 years of hell picking on. If it wants me so bad, it's going to have to face me. I grabbed the monkey wrench because my parents were getting shit done in the house. And I was waiting because it couldn't break in. And I was waiting in my hallway of my upstairs while Hoagie was terrified. Now, to make matters worse, this was 2002, sir. Mm -hmm. I tried uh, messaging MUFON when MUFON existed. They've existed for ages. They're still around. 
I know. Yeah. And I never got help. Nothing. They never came and took a reporter to any of that, huh? No. Wow. Now, here's something more creepier, sir. Hmm? My grandma died. Now, I didn't tell anyone this, but uh, my grandma passed away in 2003 or 2004. I got a really, it was around that same time. Now, here's the creepy thing that I'm comfortable with saying that. My grandma, you know how some families are back in the day where they all live close? Right, yeah. My grandma... And I'm so honest. I come from a cop family, mill family. We're a Heinz 57, but my grandma, God bless her soul, she's in heaven, whatever there is. But when she passed away after what happened to me in 2002, I started to drink. Okay. Heavy. And I started to do drugs. I mean, I think anybody that saw that, you know, at 17, would start doing drugs heavy. But um, the yeah, only, sure. It's a heroin uh, experience. Did, yeah. Uh, the drugs I did was weed and hallucinogenics. And uh, I didn't I didn't really start doing that until I was in my 20s. But, so, but I stick the weed here and there when I was really, really fucked up. But I started alcohol young then. And I was sitting there at my grandma's porch when she passed away, and there was nobody there. Uh, you know, West Midland, really, if you're really known to the community as good, they don't give a shit what you do as long as you're not committing a crime. Right. I, I literally walked to my grandma's house with a, with a 32 pack. <laughs> and I got shit faced. And I'm sitting there on my grandma's porch. And I saw flying discs again. And I uh, flying towards the Bettis plant. Either they were flying in the air or they were flying towards the Bettis plant. And I've heard horror stories of the Bettis plant. How do you spell? Does it Bettis? Like. So I can B- look it up. B e t t i s. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. A nuke. It was an airport, but it's a government contract nuclear facility as well. If you go anywhere near there, you're gonna have a man in a jeep with a fucking assault rifle pointed at you. It fired at will. Okay. So. Wow. So that has I, to. I've say, never heard of it. That's new to me. That has to scream government if you have a man with an assault rifle and a jeep. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, in the front, the barbed wire fences all over the perimeter. Yeah. But I thought that was odd. And another weird thing when I was about a teenager, I'd say 2004, 2005, I saw something in the air. And my parents has uh, two bay windows in the front of their house that we used to have a TV in the, one of the in the front of the house. We used to have a TV. Mm-hmm. And I laid down and I saw some, every time I would move, there'd be something in the air watching me. 
Wow. Like another, like, do you think it was another craft or is it you like? I don't know if it was a drone. It's bad enough that recently when, uh, you know, people in my own community has messed with me and uh, I had to take matters into my own hands, which is sad. I had to put, I had to do like a, a knight would do, face it head on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got drunk on St. Patty's Day and I saw my friend's mother and I asked her what really triggered this was I asked my, you know, I've been at peace and I've been letting go everything that happened to me in my life. And my therapist said, let go. And I did. And I right, asked, right. Her, you know, what really triggered it was. Hey. Did your son ever tell you about a UFO possible abduction experience when we were 17 in 2002? And there was over almost 150, maybe 100 people, maybe. I don't really remember, but she whispered in my ear, yes, and I believe you. Wow. How does that fucking make a human being that you were raised in a Christian family make you feel? How Like, you were raised Catholic and a Catholic family, that totally crushes your sense of reality. You've held that in for so long. But yet, right, right. you know, me and him had an oath never to tell anybody. He's told someone. I've held it in for 17 years. But now here you are. Yeah, and people tried screwing with me in my own home with drones at night. Mm-hmm. For telling wow. honestly, and what you know, you could say what you want about President Trump, but what gave me the courage to do this was when he announced Space Force, and there are says there is something out there, and I could tell you so many theories, it's not even funny. Uh, and I think a lot to do with it is with the Chinese. They're putting so much uh, influence and money in, in the into the moon, into the Mars. Uh, our natural, you know, our natural resources is being depleted, and 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 I'd say sooner our water resources will be diluted. This is this is like what Bill and I says. This is some serious freaking, you know, yeah. over. So we're seeking either plant, uh, you know, help from possible life from other planets, or we know there's life from other planets. And the right. sad thing is, is there's the evidence, and we know that there's the evidence, but our own government, I think the only ones, the only two governments that's released the truth is Canada and Russia. Yeah, I remember Canada did like a big, they did like a big info dump a few years ago, didn't they? Somebody did. Well, like, they're, you know, like they're the most two countries, like one of them we're friends with, the other one we hate. It's like, there's the two countries, uh, they're too honest with declassification of, of, of documents. We can't declassify anything worth a damn. Yeah, yeah. We really can't. And uh, I think that's another thing. It's a shame. But everything I told you actually happened. It almost made me become a severe drug addict. But thank God it's only weed. Right. Uh, it made me isolate myself, not be able to sleep. I mean, I've even seen ghosts 
That's the most weird. That's the weirdest stuff too, dealing with the paranormal. Yeah, I kind of yeah, I kind of agree. I think like yeah, ghost is hard to get a handle on. You know, like I might have you know who knows. I mean, I could tell you one story that happened in my house when my dad was sleeping. It could have been an an alien that was camouflage. But I remember that very well. I saw a shadow figure multiple times walking in my house. It was like you couldn't even see their face. And isn't it hilarious? We have that technology now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I remember something a while back about how it's tanks not a while. It's now. We have total visual Three CGI camouflage. It's like it looks like something. You know what movie explained it the most? Do you remember Harry Potter? Yeah, which one? The first one. The one the where he gets, one? he gets the cloak. Yeah. Yeah, that we have that now. Mm, yeah, I bet. I wouldn't doubt it. I, you know, I wouldn't doubt what we got. I have one ring. The fucking part of my language. I'm sorry, my humor and my language. You're gonna, you're gonna be like some interview, man. This was a podcast. Beep, 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 beep. Nah, don't worry about it. We can take it. We got it. We got yeah, it. Like, you know, <laughs> it's gonna be like, you know, what's next? We're gonna have a ring, one ring to rule them all. It's like this is really happening, but yeah, it's scary. I saw that, and. That story, if you want to hear that story, that that happened around the same time I had the UFO problem. Yeah, go ahead if you want to. Um, I was talking to one of my ex-girlfriends. Her name was Christina. Okay. She is now divorced with, I think, two kids or one. But we were kids then. Good girl. God bless her. Uh But I was talking to her on the phone, and I had a door that me and my brother had a fist fight ages ago, like a few years ago back then, that me and my brother tackled each other through it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Another funny story. I put Christmas. This was so messed up. I, uh, it was Christmas, right? So my mom had... Like some families, you know, they like, I bet your mom does this. Like I'm saving the Christmas wrapping paper, save it. No, my mom's never been that, but I know, yeah, I know, I know people that are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my mom, the cheapest woman in the world, like she'll save the last <laughs> bit of ketchup. I swear to God. The story was, I was talking to her and. We did have, I used to have a Christmas wrapping paper of God, of Jesus Christ, on my door until we also tackled each other through that. That's, <laughs> that's why I was kind of chuckling. That's like, yay, God tackles through the door. All right. Uh, but what happened was, is I had a sheet that was silk. You know what I mean? It was kind yeah. of like blackish, but satin silk. You could see through. And my dog, who was a puppy, who, and this is also, I forgot to add about the UFO thing to add, but this also will be added to the story. The dog was trying to bite at this thing's leg and it wasn't able to bite at it. So like, did it pass through it or was it just like, yeah, it was just trying to bite at it and it wasn't able to, and it was walking up my steps and I was hearing the steps. And then I was almost, my whole house was cold. 
as ice. Uh, I had my arms up. My hairs were up. I mean, this thing was taller than me. Hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? I couldn't yeah. see its or its eyes, and it literally walked through my door without any problem. Like the door wasn't even there. Just yeah, like the door wasn't even there. Literally, this flustered through it, like one leg, the other leg. Hello. And oh. then I was so scared that my heart stopped. And it kept coming closer and closer and closer to the point where she kept screaming on the phone, like, what are you doing? I kept screaming. I flipped the light on and it went away. So like it just, it disappeared or? Don't know. Just not there. Light, nothing. Yeah. Wow. God. I mean, I even seen uh, one time the same shadow going into my brother's room, but my brother moved out. Okay. I got you. So like, it's like, Oh, that's just my brother. And then you're probably like, wait a minute. He's not here anymore. Yeah. But there was, yeah. yeah was another <laughs> incident that happened even after that, like my brother was moved out. Like, and my dad, you know what the creepy thing about that? The second time that happened, my dad was sleeping in the other room. He didn't even hear it. Wow. Wow. And, like, the way we have our house upstairs, it's like there's the bathroom, then there was my room, then there was the, you know, the, the towel closet, then there was my parents' room, and then there was my brother's room. Yeah. Like, and it was just weird. I mean, I've, that made me just say to myself, okay, I am not crazy. I'm not going to tell my shrink this shit. And I'm just going to continue smoking weed. <laughs> and like to, to make matters worse, uh, after when we were kids, my friend Andrew did have epilepsy. Okay. Okay. He's a confirmed epileptic epilepsy. But I think it's even more weird that after that incident, my puppy had to be put down because of oh, epilepsy. Because of epilepsy. Wow. Now, here's the thing. I tried fighting, uh, you know, because my dog, the puppy at the time, after that that uh, UFO thing happened, he was just a puppy. Mm-hmm. I had to put him down like two or three years later. Okay. Yeah, pretty early. Yeah. And I tried thinking maybe the, the breeder inbreeded him. No, that was straight up. Maybe he was scared what he saw. Because when I took my dog upstairs, he left my hands. Maybe he saw something at the front door. Don't know. Don't right. even know. But also, I get flashbacks very good. I remember stuff. And flashbacks suck. Oh, I bet. I bet. You yourself are the ones that remember it if you're at a certain location or a certain place. And you can remember it like it's a goddamn video game, but no one else can see it but in your mind but you. Like, I'll use an example. Have you ever seen Kingdom of Heaven? No. I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever seen it, though. Watch the entire cut of the movie. There's a scene where this knight's standing there in France, and he's just standing there. And And you see him. And he's old and frail, but he's looking at a at a at a garden, but it's wintertime, right? Okay. 
But when he's looking at it, he's seeing it's summertime and he's young and he's with his whatever the woman she was to him. And, they, and they're making love where, where he's seeing. OK, you know, I see what you're saying. I get you. I get you. He can visually see where that location was. Right. He can or feel everything. But man, uh, I don't know, man. If you have anything else you need to ask me, ask. Um, I don't know. If there's anything else you want to add, like, so, I mean, anything. Well, you said something about March. Have you had anything recently? Like, do you still do you still see things in the sky? Or no, no, actually, hmm. not hostile, but sometimes I do. But uh, it's weird. Um, personally, mm-hmm. what my opinion? I don't think they're hostile. Uh, right. Do you, do you remember the incident that happened on BBC Television Network back in 1978? No, I don't think so. Well, like it was the on B- a broadcast. Yeah, like it was caught on tape. Hmm, no, well, it wasn't caught on tape. This is oh. going to blow your mind. While uh, the BBC was airing their news right on their television, right? Mm-hmm. Something of an other origin, and you can listen to the original broadcast on YouTube took over the frequency all over the BBC in Europe. And it was, it was a message. Wow. I've never. And, you know, it was a creepy message of like, you got to get, you got to give away your guns. You got to stop killing one another and do good. Or the planet's going to go to shit. Right. Huh. Yeah. I have to look into that one. And, it was kind of weird because a lot of musical artists started doing UFO songs. Like, have you ever heard of the Carpenters? Mm-hmm. Yep. Calling occupants of an uh, planetary craft. <laughs> right. Better <laughs> huh. music. There you go. But okay. uh, I really think that they're trying to communicate to us to be like, dude. We're not bad people. <laughs> yeah. You know, I also believe the, you know, have you ever heard of the story, which is not a story. It's just people make this man out to be a joke. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Philip Corso. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that man. Yeah. And you know what's sad? I believe his son, who still does speeches, uh, why would his son lie? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, right, what's he got? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm very intelligent. Like, you know what? That man served his country for so long. And then he, you know, and when I heard the man said I took an oath, I waited for it till my commanded officers all were dead so they wouldn't have shame. Well, they're all dead, and that's what he did. Oh, right. they're all I could start talking. Yep. Exactly. You know, and, and yeah. I would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing. No, I mean, you hear that a lot, especially, you know, with a lot of these older, these people getting older and, you know, they had this experience back who knows when, and now they're the last ones left. And they're like, well, now I'm going to, 
I want to spill the beans, you know, have, you know, hear about it. I, a lot. You know, like I, this happened to me. I got to live with this for the rest of my life. And then to make matters worse, I got to live with autism. So people are going to call me a retard, which I don't like that word, but you know, no, I don't either. you got to live, you got to live with a stigmata. And then you got to live with being a giant. I literally look like a giant with tattoos because society has hurt you so much that you want to express it in art. Right. Like, please let me be in peace. (laughs) I know. But I can't even have that. I can't even train wrestling without someone giving me grief. I can't even... uh, have a relationship without someone trying to fuck a relationship. Oh, part of my would mess up a relationship. It's like society, even when you're honest, wants to kill you. It's it's very scary. And we're living in a backward society where the more intelligent you are, the more they want you, or the more dumb you are, the more you're you're uh, given things. Yeah. And uh, I just hope our world gets better intellectually, right. educationally, physiologically, uh, physio- uh, physio- uh, physio- uh, I can't do it either. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I had it, but I tried to I say it and it didn't work. You know, even on a society level, culturally, where we can all get along, try to have a common line and just stop the freaking name calling and just live and be honest. Like I just bought the Spock album with Bilbo Baggins. Oh yeah. 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 On vinyl dude, Spock's a pimp. So it's like an entire album. I've only heard like the one I've seen the video. Oh, listen to the the album. Listen to the album. That album will make you feel like, dude, Spock, fuck William. Oh, so sorry. Screw William Shatner. It's like Leonard Nimoy got it going on, dude. That six foot four dude didn't even need the ears. He got it going. He got all that booty. <laughs> I'll be in a suit. I don't need right. drugs. I have love. There you go. Like, all, like, that's what he would do. He would start singing a song. And then next track, life will bring you down sometimes, but don't, do not let it do that. (laughs) (laughs) And that was Trevor's story. We probably talked for another 20, 25 minutes. We got into some crazy discussions about chupacabras and how they might be linked to, you know, ancient Egyptian guardians and just all sorts of fun stuff after the end of that, some ancient some ancient American kind of civilization stuff, all sorts of stuff. It was a really fun, it was a really fun conversation. It was a really fun interview. I also just like to point out, I know it sounded a little echoey and a little weird. I ended up recording that at a friend's house and I didn't have like all the gear, but it worked out. We got it. And you know, it sounds like a normal Skype interview because that's the way Skype sounds. But I just want to point out, I just want to thank Trevor for coming on the show and doing that and having the courage to come on and share that story that he's been holding in for so long 
and that is that's what listener stories is all about is getting it out there and hopefully maybe someone down the line will hear it and go hey i had that experience too you're not alone like i just want trevor to know that like there are other people that have experienced those same things he's not the only one he is not alone in it and it i mean i can't believe how much it probably took for him to get on there and do it i just i can't thank him enough for doing it if you have a a listener experience and you want to share it maybe you've got a local legend a local haunted house you've had a ufo sighting you've had a bigfoot sighting you've had something that you want to share on the show then you can do it the easiest way to do it is either go to stscast.com scroll down the bottom of the first page there's an email form there you can write it in i'll read it on the show you can send me in an mp3 recording i can just plop it in the show less work for me to do or if you want to set up a Skype interview like we did with Trevor, I'm all about that too. Uh, that's the easiest way. But you can also get on uh, Twitter and or any social media, really. I'm most active on Twitter and get a hold of me that way if you would like to share your experience and have it played on the show. And that is our latest edition of Listener Stories. And that will be a wrap for Episode 6, Season 1 of Small Town Secrets. One more time, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. You can find out all sorts of good things at the website at stscast.com. Like I said, there's show notes there. There's links to the sources there. There are photos there. There are ways to share your listener stories. There is ways to support the show, like merch. I've got some t-shirts on there. I've got some hats I made a coffee mug for myself last week. I was like, I'm going to make myself a coffee mug and order it. And I decided the coffee mug was good enough to keep on the store. So it's on there now. It's available for anyone that would like a coffee mug. That's a thing that you can have. You can own a coffee mug. But just uh, thanks everyone once again. And, you know, follow the show on social media. It's at STScast, both on Facebook and and Twitter. It's on the old Instagrammy at stscast.gram. And there are other ways that you can support the show for free. You can give it a rate and review on your podcatcher of choice, especially iTunes. You can just tell a friend that is a big thing, that is a powerful thing, or share it on social media. Engage with me on social media. But that's the show. That is a wrap. We'll be back next week with some more crazy stories. I think I know what I'm doing, but I'm not going to reveal it just yet. So until next time, remember, every town has a secret. What is yours?
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.